You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with Travis Ryer on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Southern Fried Sports with Bama Online Senior Analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. sports.com network your trusty trusty if not talented host of the program the show as always brought to you by peterbrook chocolatier out there at 1530 mcfarland boulevard north in the indian hill section of tuscaloosa getting some good feedback from the chocolate lady on some of you folks getting by peterbrook and getting those game weekend snacks here in the last couple of days we love to hear it you'll love to see it there at Peterbrook. And by the way, if you really want to go all in on fall, they've got the s'mores kits ready for you there at Peterbrook Chocolatier. Ooh, perfect time for s'mores, right? As we get into the month of October. Joined as always on the program by the executive producer of Southern Fried Sports, that of course being Joe Gaither, who together we combine to form the 60 Minute Man Woo! of Sports Talk Radio. Joe Gaither, I bet you're chomping at the bit because as we talked about a little bit yesterday, we got a big one out off Northridge Road tonight. Our Jags of Northridge High School, undefeated, unblemished, hosting the tough, gritty, championship-proven Patriots of Hillcrest High School. You ready, Joe? You ready to go? I'm very excited about that game. I, myself, I'll be up at Brookwood watching McAdory and Brookwood play, but I have to send, I, you know, I had to send the kids out there. I got about three, maybe four of the interns going out there to cover that game like white on rice. Wall-to-wall coverage of high school football at Tide 100.9 FM at 109 at Tide 109 on the Twitter. So you need to go ahead and do that if you haven't already. And, of course, right there at Tide109.com, Joe and the crew do an outstanding job with that. A big football weekend upon us. Hey, were you fired up about the Broncos and the Jets last night? We talked about that yesterday. Well, hey, Jerry Judy with a solid night and a Broncos win. Two catches, 61 yards, first touchdown of his NFL career. Kareem Jackson, the former Alabama defensive back with six tackles for the Donkeys. And you also had Quinnen Williams on the other side for the lowly New York Jets. Three stops for Big Q along that Jets defensive front last night. I didn't catch a snap of it. I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't catch one snap of Thursday night football, Joe Gaither. So uh, I'm not going to go in depth probably uh, on that matchup. But again, it was good to see some production by some former Alabama products. Nonetheless, we're going to get into a lot of Texas A&M Alabama previewing, as you might expect. We'll check in with Charlie Potter, my colleague there at BamaOnline.com coming up in just a little bit. Get you ready for the Aggies and the Crimson Tide. We'll go around the Southeastern Conference a little bit more probably on the program Today as well, you have Major League Baseball playoffs in progress. How about those Atlanta Braves? First playoff series win since 2001. 22 innings of shutout baseball from Braves pitching. And that 2-0 sweep of the Cincinnati Reds. 
scored just six runs in those 22 innings. Finally got the home run thing going back up again. Marcel Ozuna, Adam Duvall in the eighth inning of that five to nothing win yesterday go deep. And you know, the Braves bullpen used to be pretty much a punchline just here in the last couple of years, and it's gone and turned into a strength at this point. Kudos to the Braves bullpen. Ian Anderson was fabulous once again, the young right-hander in getting the start. So now the Braves are looking at the winner of the Chicago Miami series winner. That'll happen in Houston. The Marlins with a 1-0 lead in that series look to finish off the Cubs today at Wrigley Field. That's a 108 Central first pitch. Uh, and yeah, so the Braves move on to Houston, which of course leads me to wonder. Since the Braves are going to be the higher seed there in Houston, do they get access to the Astros garbage can? Does that mean that they get to use it to tip off pitches? Bang, bang. In that next series against the Cubs or the Marlins? Seems fair enough, right? Hey, we're also going to talk with Pops coming up later in the program. It is a Friday. We're going to get into some picks with Pops. We gave him a week of SEC football to kind of get his legs under him, get a little bit of a a glimpse of the Southeastern Conference last weekend. Well, we're going to hit him with some picks, only one of which involves an SEC game. That's Alban at Georgia coming up tomorrow night at Sanford Stadium. We'll get Pops' pick for the Dogs and the Tigers. You know, he's a big armed forces guy. He likes the academy football. So we're going to throw the Navy Air Force pick at him. And then we're also going to have our Jags traveling to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals with Joe Burrow. Are Jags going to end up serving as the first W for Joe Burrow in his NFL career? I think the Jags are getting like three up there on Sunday. So we'll get Pops' thoughts on that as well. Are we even, do we know if we're going to have a Tennessee Titans, by the way, for the rest of the season? I mean, more news today of positive tests involving the Tennessee Titans. So the Steelers game being postponed this weekend may just prove to be the tip of the iceberg for that situation up there in the Music City. The Titans now, you're starting to wonder about Buffalo next week with this team, given the situation. I mean, you've got NFL reps, you've got NFL PA reps descending upon Nashville to see what the heck's going on there. Kind of a worst nightmare scenario playing out for the National Football League up there with the Tennessee Titans. But otherwise, you know, we're anticipating a full weekend, a full weekend of pigskins. And I'm going to get into five predictions for Alabama, Texas A&M coming up in just a moment. If you'd like to jump on board with us, by the way, you can do so at 205 342 9904. That is the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line. We're going to make some calls. Going to make some calls on Alabama and Texas A&M. We do this on Bama Online each and every week. Five predictions for Alabama, Texas A&M. And I'll get things going with this for tomorrow afternoon's game at Bryant Denny Stadium. Kellen Mond will target tight end Jalen Weidermeyer early and often. And I was probably going to make that call even before Jamon Osmond opted out for the Aggies. Osmond had 66 receptions a year ago to lead A&M. But Weidermeyer, he was going to be a focal point of this A&M passing attack regardless. And now with Osmond not around... I think that goes up a level or 12, potentially. Big guy, Jalen Weidermeyer, 6'5", 260. Kind of reminds you of Jeremy Sprinkle. You remember Jeremy Sprinkle from Arkansas a few years back? Yeah. Jalen Weidermeyer kind of reminds me of that guy. And uh, Weidermeyer had a good game against Alabama last year. Caught three passes for 45 yards, two touchdowns. At least one of those came against Xavier McKinney, too. And that sort of leads you to another area of this matchup in which it makes perfect sense for Jimbo Fisher to try to get the football to the big tight end early and often because where is Alabama most green 
perhaps most susceptible on the back end of the defense right now. Some of those matchups that you can get with those safeties, Daniel Wright, Jordan Battle. And I also think Anaya Smith, the sort of hybrid running back wide receiver for A&M is going to be involved in this as well. You know, last week against Vanderbilt, what we saw was Anaya Smith in the game, and mostly it was either or. You either saw Anaya Smith at running back for A&M, or you saw Isaiah Spiller in the game. I think there's probably a good chance tomorrow. Jimbo's got some, he's got some personnel groupings that are going to have those guys on the field together. Because... You can go with Isaiah Spiller in the backfield. Anaya Smith at 5'10", 190. I talked about it earlier in the week. Kind of the Kenyon Drake for that A&M offense. Put him in the slot. You know, get him out wide. Maybe you get him matched up in some situations on a safety. Maybe you get him matched up on a linebacker. Maybe if Alabama's in its nickel, you're able to target Malachi Moore, a true freshman. In some of those situations. So between Weidermeyer and Smith tomorrow afternoon, that's where a lot of it's going to have to come from for Kellen Mond in this passing attack. And as we've talked throughout the offseason here, the concern you continue to have for A&M offensively is explosive plays. And that certainly doesn't diminish with the opt-out from Osmond. So... There are some complimentary options at wide receiver for A&M. Caleb Chapman last week, four catches, 40 yards for the Aggies. Cam Brown. These are number two slash number three type receivers, though. This isn't an A&M offense that comes to town with a true number one on the outside. And ultimately, that's still going to be the question for A&M. Even if Weidermeyer is the guy early, even if Anaya Smith gets involved early in the passing game, there's going to have to be a guy outside the numbers that makes some plays if A&M's going to have a chance to pull the upset, in my opinion at least, tomorrow afternoon. Here's another prediction for you. This one isn't exactly going out on a limb either. Najee Harris will score at least two touchdowns in the game. Najee with three touchdowns last week, and he has now found the end zone in each of his last nine games dating back to last season. And he's had two or more touchdowns in seven of those games. You know, over that nine-game span, he's hit the paint 19 times. He's averaging more than two touchdowns per game over his last nine contests. And it really all started with the game in College Station. What, 50, 51 weeks ago, I guess it was? Seems like 50 years at this point, doesn't it? Uh, his touchdown there in College Station, it, it really was. It was a starting point for this prolific run that he's been on. And it was one of the seven touchdown catches he had a season ago, which you always have to factor into the equation with him. You know, a better question for this Alabama offense tomorrow might be, can it rush for 160 yards or more? And seven or eight years ago, if I posed that question, I'd have gotten laughed off the radio. But in just two games in conference play last year, did we see Alabama rush for more than 160 yards? Now, the thing about that is, in four of those eight games, Najee went over 100. So it kind of tells you the current setup at the running back position. Kind of Najee or bust, right? So you sort of go into that thinking tomorrow, if it's going to happen, Najee's obviously going to play a big role in that, but can Brian Robinson, maybe another back or two, give Alabama some production? Because last week in Missouri, of Alabama's 128 yards before sacks were taken out, Najee accounted for hundred. Uh, excuse me, 98 of those. So there you go. Another prediction for you. Kellen Mond will not rush for 90 or more yards in the game tomorrow, but it doesn't mean he shouldn't try to. You know, you got that drum beat coming out of College Station getting louder and louder in regards to perhaps the end of the Kellen Mond era behind center at A&M coming to a close. You even had, as we talked with Chris Hummer yesterday, you've even had Jimbo Fisher ask point blank about what will it take 
for you to look at one of the two freshmen that are behind Kellen Mond. And Jimbo was pretty much non-committal, as you might expect in that regard, as far as projecting and getting into a hypothetical about making a change involving a three-plus-year starter at the quarterback position. But as I talked about with Chris yesterday, and he agreed, where's some of the heat on Jimbo for this sort of stag- stagnant, situation that we're seeing with Kellen Mond, you know, as we talked about. Shouldn't Kellen Mond at this point, in terms of how he's used, be more along the lines of Johnny Manziel instead of Jameis Winston? Instead of trying to make Kellen Mond something that his skill set doesn't necessarily speak to, he's an okay passer. You know, Kellen Mond's not a horrific passer. He's just okay. He's not Jameis Winston, though. He doesn't have those anticipation skills, doesn't have the accuracy. He's not Johnny Manziel either, but if he's your quarterback, as we talked about yesterday, probably needs somewhere in excess of 10 designed runs per game for Kellen Mond. If you're under that, you're limiting the potential that he has to impact games. But I will say this for Kellen Mond. In games against Alabama the last couple of years, he's been really good with his legs. 90 or more rushing yards in each of those games. And I got to think Pete Golding, Alabama defensive coordinator, is anticipating that for tomorrow. And what helps Pete Golding tomorrow is that he's got some dynamic linebackers at his disposal. Dylan Moses, Christian Harris, Will Anderson. And so if... Alabama is able to neutralize Mon's legs, then he's going to be asked to elevate the play of everyone around him, more so with his arm, which is the ideal situation if you're the Alabama defense. Again, Mon hasn't played poorly against Alabama, but he's yet to put forth sort of that heroic effort, that Steven Garcia in 2010 type of effort that helps endear a quarterback to his fan base. And I think that's what it's going to take from Kellen Mond tomorrow. Alabama will have a 100-yard receiver in the game tomorrow. I know that sounds easy, right? Surely it's happened here in the last couple of years in games against Texas A&M. It hasn't. you got to go back to 2014 to find the last Alabama receiver to go for 100 yards in a game against the Aggies. It was Amari Cooper in that uh, shellacking of the Aggies back in 2014, Amari went for 140 and a couple of touches on eight catches. Now, look, Devontae Smith came up three feet short of 100 yards in College Station last October, 99 receiving yards. And between he and Jalen Waddell a week ago, those two guys were targeted 22 times by Mac Jones and Bryce Young. I got to think if that target rate stays in that sort of neighborhood, there's a good chance that either Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddell, the Texan Jalen Waddell, going against the home state school, hit the 100-yard mark tomorrow afternoon at Bryant-Denny Stadium. I've got Alabama winning the game by a score of 38-16. to You know, it starts this stretch that we talked about with Cecil Hurt on Wednesday. The... 2020 Disciple Tour coming up these next four weeks. You got Jimbo tomorrow, uh, Lane Kiffin a week from Saturday, Kirby Smart coming up on October the 17th, and then you round it out with the trip to Knoxville to take on Jeremy Pruitt. And everyone's going to be enamored, I think more so with those matchups against Georgia and perhaps even Tennessee. But it starts with divisional play, man. You got to take care of the divisional games. And so matchups tomorrow with Jimbo and the next Saturday in Oxford with Lane, they're going to have more of an impact on UA's SEC championship game chances. You know, when I look at Jimbo early on in year three in his tenure, I think it's pretty safe to say this isn't exactly what the supporters of A&M who were all in on giving the guy a fully guaranteed $75 million contract envisioned at this point, 18-point underdog tomorrow 
here in Tuscaloosa, but that's where things sit. And after, again, uh, watching A&M last week, watching Alabama last week, it looked like two teams in terms of how they were able to navigate this entirely different approach to a season that we've encountered uh, were in two entirely different places. Alabama just looked so much further ahead of A&M, in my opinion. Now, you know, there is that old adage, right? You make your biggest improvement from week one to week two. It may even have been Gene Stallings, former head coach at both Alabama and A&M, who uttered that more than once during his coaching career. But A&M better make more than just a little bit of improvement. Or my prediction of a 22-point spread, well, it might be a little bit light. We're going to head to our first break. We come back. Charlie Potter. BamaOnline.com will continue the Crimson Tide conversation with Charlie when Southern Fried Sports returns on a Friday, presented by Peter Brook Chocolatier right after this. From the University of Alabama, this is Crimson Tide Today. It's a daily update on Bama sports, and it's brought to you by Everwood Treatment Company, the official treated lumber of Alabama athletics. Everwood, wood treated right. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. Alabama football is ready for its home opener as the second-ranked Crimson Tide welcome in the Texas A&M Aggies to Bryant-Denny Stadium on Saturday at 2.30 p.m. Central. CBS will televise the game, while our coverage on the network here will begin at 11.30 a.m. Central. Head coach Nick Saban gives his thoughts on the Aggies. Well, you know, they got very talented guys. they really good, big, up-front guys that are athletic, can move, can get off blocks and run. Their linebackers can really, really run. Their secondary is really, really aggressive, especially their safeties. Their corners can cover very well. You know, they got a talented team. They've got a good scheme. They've got a good defensive coordinator who does a great job, I think, scheme-wise. Um, now these guys have been in this system for a few years. I'll have more in a moment. Everwood Treatment Company is wood treated right. Everwood is the most technologically advanced pressure treated wood available. That means no rotting, no decay, no problems. Just wood treated right. Everwood is your treated wood source and the official pressure treated lumber of the Alabama Crimson Tide. If you're looking to add or replace decks, outdoor structures, or commercial jobs, choose Everwood for wood treated right. If you need it, we'll get it to you. To locate your local Everwood store, visit everwoodtreatment.com. Everwood Treatment, official lumber of the Alabama Crimson Tide. Alabama soccer returns to action on Sunday as West Hart's Crimson Tide hit the road to Gainesville to face the Florida Gators. Alabama is 1-0-1 on the season with a win over Tennessee and a draw last week at Mississippi State. Sunday's match with the Gators starts at 4 p.m. Central and will be televised on the SEC Network. And that's your Bama update. Crimson Tide Today brought to you by Everwood. Crimson Tide Today is a production of the Crimson Tide Sports Network. A fine fall afternoon, a sunny sky, Tuscaloosa size 72. Clear, very cool tonight, the low at 48. The weather for the weekend will be very nice. Sunny weather continues tomorrow and Sunday. Highs ranging from 74 to 77. I'm James Spam on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com or download the free Tide 100.9 app. The Crimson Tide. from 11 a.m. until noon. It's that time on Fridays where we like to head to the Peterbrook Chocolatier Studio Line and check in with our pal, Charlie Potter, my colleague there at BamaOnline.com. Charlie Potter, I'm guessing the happy guy after his Braves make it a 2-0 sweep of the Cincinnati Reds in the Major League Baseball playoffs. Charlie, we can't give that pitching staff as hard of a time as we used to, I guess. <laughs> no, we can't. I mean, the Braves won their first 
playoff series in what nearly two decades in the and way we all time, thought they would Charlie. yeah they did it the way we all thought they would with their pitching staff this season <laughs> <laughs> but now i mean you look at how the offense was playing you thought that um you know how, uh, that atlanta's going to be able to score some runs and they eventually did uh 22 innings of, of shutout baseball that's an impressive feat for that young pitching staff and, and hopefully they can keep it up because it's been a long time since they advanced and and maybe they can make some noise in the playoffs Marcelo Zuna with the selfie after his bomb there in the eighth. I don't know if Austin Riley appreciated it a few batters later. He got drilled after Duvall went deep as well. But that's a team that that needed to see the ball go through the hoop in terms of the long ball because they are so dependent upon it. I think I heard a stat during yesterday's broadcast that the Braves in the regular season actually had more walks than singles over 60 games so it kind of tells you the makeup of this team hey charlie i know you had the opportunity yesterday to sort of do the stadium tour that was directed by ua athletics director greg byrne what were some of your thoughts to come from that walk around down there at bryant denny yeah i mean it, it was cool to get a chance to do that before saturday so you're not on sensory overload really and, uh, you know, you get a lot of these facility tours uh, at Alabama just because they're always uh, trying to, to reinvest in the program and the department. And um, you, you got to, you know, it's an arms race in recruiting. And a lot of the times you go on those uh, tours, you're always wowed by the new bells and whistles they have. But, man, that new tunnel um, from the Walker Champions to the locker room, that's, and it, it, you come away very, very impressed just because you don't really – I haven't seen anything like it. And I know that's going to wow a lot of recruits. It's going to wow the current players, the former players, when they're able to come back. And, you know, it leads into a, a very impressive locker room as well. And, um, you know, for me, going on that tour, I, I, knew, I knew it was going to end at the press box. I was really interested to see what that looked like because we moved from the home sideline to the corner on the visiting sideline. And uh, it's actually a lot bigger than I thought it was going to be. Um and it, it's not really that bad of a view. Uh, going to, to Auburn last season, I kind of had that in my mind of what it was going to be, a much uh, more condensed press box and, you know, with a corner view, which isn't great. That's with the way a lot of uh, college and NFL teams are moving. But the press box was, was really nice. Uh, I was actually pleasantly surprised by that. And of course, the, the recruiting room as well. I mean, the whole reason for this or one of the big reasons is for recruiting and the recruiting room. Uh, doubled in size it's just gigantic now and, and really impressive so you always come away wowed by the things that they do from a facility standpoint but man that that tunnel uh, is next level and then you know selfishly i came away very impressed with the press box as well yeah just checking out the coverage i wasn't able to make it down there but checking out the coverage there at bamaonline.com that tunnel entrance once you get in there it, it looks almost like walking into an imax theater or something charlie it does, and the entire left-hand side from when you come in to get to the other set of doors for the locker room is just one big screen, and you know they're able to play um, a full-length video. I think it's about two and a half minutes long, and uh, it, it has you know Nick Saban press conference dubbed over it. I think it's from his um, uh, his introductory press conference back in 2007, but and it includes highlights and everything like that, and. You know, it, it cascades really across the whole room, but the way they have it set up, and it is really impressive. Um, you know, the the video angles we saw the day before the tours, you didn't really know what you were looking at just because it was it was so wild. But to stand there and watch it, um, I think a lot of people are going to be impressed by that. And it, it kind of felt like uh, at times, I don't know if you remember the the scene in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, whenever they uh, it's kind of the scary <laughs> scene in that. Willy Wonka starts his little uh, poem, whatever. It just seemed kind of like another dimension in there. It was was really wild. It was really crazy. And I know a lot of people are going to have that same reaction when they see it. Almost like a modernized entrance into the Bryant Museum where you go in and you hear Paul Bear Bryant's voice. And I guess instead down there now, you're going to hear the one from Nick Saban. Hey, Charlie, as we get ready for Alabama, Texas A&M tomorrow afternoon, uh, from an injury standpoint, we talked about this on the Bama online podcast earlier in the week. Looks like Alabama came through Missouri in pretty good shape and even better, I guess, in line to perhaps get at least one major potential contributor anyway added to that mix this week. 
Yeah, they did. And that's really been some good luck for Alabama um, since they were able to get back on the practice field. I mean, Alabama fans uh, know all too well that they've been bit by the injury bug of late. And, uh, you know, this season so far, knock on wood, they haven't really had to deal with that. And uh, I know they had a couple bumps and bruises in the game. Some guys left. They were able to come back. And uh, it doesn't sound like they had any serious injuries uh, during the trip to Columbia. And, yeah, I mean, they've got some some positive news that Christian Barmore sounds like he's going to be able to go uh, tomorrow, which is you know good news for a defensive front that looked pretty good and fast off the ball uh, last Saturday. And, and on top of that, too, you also get Charles Kelly back. Um, you know, the safeties coach that missed uh, the Missouri game wasn't able to be up in the booth or, or go to, to pro Phil out, out there. But uh, to get him back is just, you know, you add another experienced coach to the to the staff, and I, I know he was set to be in the booth last week. He'll be up there this week. And the only one that sounds pretty questionable is, is Major Tennyson. And I was wondering about that because you look at the game last week, they played a lot of tight ends. They played four tight ends. Miller Forrestal and Carl Tucker started the game. We saw a healthy dose of Cameron Latou and uh, Jaleel Billingsley, but no 88. So Major Tennyson sounds like he's dealing with some kind of intestinal issue. He's been sick, but as Nick Saban said, it's not COVID sick. And, uh, you know, he didn't really provide much else. Other than that, it doesn't sound like, um, or it, it kind of sounds like his status is unclear for Saturday. But, you know, for that to be your only issue after one game and so many practices in the preseason, you got to feel pretty good about that if you're Nick Saban. Nick Saban always in search of that complete performance. Didn't get it last week in terms of finishing that game against Missouri, at least not to his liking. So, with that thought in mind, maybe an area on each side of the ball where uh, you're you're going to be especially dialed in for this Alabama team and matching up with a dynamic quarterback in Kellen Mond and you know trying to uh, you know maybe establish more of a run game with Najee Harris and the rest of that group. What are you what are you focused on in this matchup for tomorrow? Yeah, and I mean. I get that the the last quarter and a half of that game were not what Alabama fans wanted to see, but you got to be pleased with the the first, uh, you know, two and a half quarters, three quarters, or whatever, uh, because they played really, really well. And I think if you know they continue to to emphasize uh, the run game and to to lean on that and to be able to have a balanced attack with with Matt Jones and Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle, the offense is going to be fine. I mean, they were able to put up thirty five points relatively easily against a, a really good Missouri defense. So they just kind of took their foot off the gas a little bit and got some younger guys in there. I think we'll see that first team offensive line uh, a little bit more, um, you know, this week, you know, this is a tougher opponent and we'll see plenty of, of Najee Harris. I think they might want to get, you know, Brian Robinson or maybe even Trey Sanders to look behind that first team line because they struggled a bit behind the second group. And then from a defensive standpoint, um, I thought they did a decent job of, of stopping the run. I think that was maybe an area that had been lacking a little bit. Uh, and, you know, they faced a, a duo of talented backs in Missouri, and they're going to face the same this week in addition of uh, Kellen Mond. So, you know, getting the guy like Christian Barmore back with you know, the way that we saw Dylan Moses and, and Christian Harris and even Will Anderson fly around, I think will be beneficial. But I think from a secondary standpoint, they didn't really give up a lot of explosive plays, but I think there were some inconsistencies. And, and so when you have a, a guy like Mond who's experienced and who Nick Saban said has improved as a passer, I just think in the back end to see more consistent play back there is it's little things. I mean, if you take what Alabama did early in the game when all of its starters were in the game, you know, they look like a team that's going to contend for a national championship, but they want to see that, uh, you know, throughout a, a whole 60-minute game and to, to maintain their intensity. Nick Saban said that. I feel like 25 times this week, and I think that'll be a big point of emphasis for them on Saturday. Yeah, penalties on the offensive line too, right? That's an area yeah. where I'm sure they want to see some things cleaned up because that's a little carryover from some things that really hurt them, uh, especially down the stretch there of the 2019 season as well. Were you surprised to uh, not see Joseph Bullivis on the trip last week as one of those specialists? I was, yeah. I mean, um, you know, I looked at the entire roster just to, you know, this is the first time we've been able to see the team in person. So I wrote down the entire 70-player uh, travel roster, and I knew they were going to travel with four specialists. And I, I expected there to be one punter 
and then to have Will Reichard and, and Thomas Fletcher. And then I, I really expected it to be Bull of us, but it was uh, Chase Allen, the freshman walk-on. And I thought he did a decent job. Um, I think both of the walk-ons, you, you could tell it was their first game, but you could see why they um, – you know they they got the nods from the coaching staff, but that that was a surprise for me. That's somebody I'm going to be looking for in, in warmups uh, on Saturday, uh, just because you know Bullos is a, a veteran guy. He's kicked off a, a lot for Alabama. I thought he's done a solid job in that area. That's someone that you know you and I talked about before the game. I believe it was on one of our podcasts, just mentioning how we could see multiple specialists, whether it's that punter or kicker, and one of those was to. You see Joseph Boulevos handle kickoffs to take some pressure off of Will Riker, but that wasn't the case. So, yeah, that one for me, you look at everybody that traveled, there wasn't really any huge shocks for me, but that one, uh, you know, when a, you talk about the specialists, that one was definitely up there for me just in terms of surprises. With the quarterback-running back dynamic in play for A&M tomorrow, I guess the legend of Will Anderson has a <laughs> chance to continue to soar uh, this week, huh? Yeah, it does. And, you know, you look at what Missouri did, they ran a lot of option plays. And um, <laughs> whether it was the quarterback just before he pitched it or right as he pitched it or the, you know, the running back, um, it, Will Anderson uh, <laughs> destroyed a lot of people on Saturday. And I think he's, you know, he's a guy that he seems like he fits in well with the way that Dylan Moses and Christian Harris play. And, uh, you know, Will's a guy that was on the field. Uh, a lot, maybe even a lot more than I anticipated you know, going into that game. He was essentially an every down linebacker uh, for Alabama, and uh, it just shows the talent that he has, the trust that the coaching staff have in him. And uh, yeah, I think with another week of a, a mobile quarterback and you know a couple of talented running backs, we could see him make a lot more plays. I think people want to see him get after the passer. Um, you know, he's going to have a challenge in Kellen Mond just because of his escapability. But uh, you know, having a guy like that back there, as well as a guy like Chris Allen on the other side, I, I think it you know helps them be better prepared to take on a guy like Kellen Mond and uh, you know, have a favorable matchup in that regard. Charlie, as we let you go here, home game weekend. How are you going to navigate Tuscaloosa this weekend? You going to get out and about, or is it pretty much going to be head to Bryant Denny and that's it? What are you kind of? What's the course that you're plotting for the next couple of days around here? Yeah, well, I'm I'm going to be batching it up. The wife actually just left, um, you know, for the beach. So uh, first home game, I'm <laughs> I'm alone here at Costa de Potter. But uh, you know, I'm, I, I plan on taking my usual course to the stadium. I probably won't get out much tonight or or tomorrow. I'll come home and watch the games afterward. Uh, but yeah, we had talked about it. You know, there's going to be a hair under twenty thousand people. Uh, at Bryant Denny Stadium, there's not going to be any tailgating. You could literally drive down University probably to get to the stadium. But I always take you know the back road to get to my parking lot, and I know that the the press box is on the other side of the stadium, but that doesn't change much for me. So I'm I'm eager to see just how busy it is because yeah. you know you, you you plan on leaving the house a little earlier than normal because of all the traffic, and I'm not really anticipating running into any of that tomorrow. So uh, it'll be it'll be weird. Uh, I mean, everything has been in 2020, but definitely looking forward to getting back to Brian Denny and, and watching the game for that new press box. There you go. Charlie Potter does an outstanding job for us there at BamaOnline.com. Covering the Alabama Crimson Tide, if you haven't already, give Charlie a follow on Twitter, at Charlie underscore Potter, P-O-T-T-E-R. Thanks a bunch, Charlie. We'll talk again soon. All right, man. Thanks for having me. There you go. It's Charlie Potter. BamaOnline.com. Back with more of a Friday edition of Southern Fried Sports, brought to you in part by Houston Hydrosteam. Houston Hydrosteam, we've told you many times here on the program, if you're looking to get the floors cleaned in your house, maybe your commercial uh, operation, Houston Hydrosteam, the number to call, 205-553-9460, rugs, carpets, uh, tile, grout, upholstery, wall-to-wall, floor-to-ceiling. They're going to take great, great care of you there at Houston Hydrosteam, home of the Houston Rug Revival, 205-553-9460. Houston Hydrosteam, quality work you can stand on. Back with more of the show right after this. It's the most famous two words in Saban country. Touchdown, Alabama! Well, we were thinking more like... 
But you can't go wrong hearing either on a football Saturday. Join us Saturday as the Texas A&M Aggies come to Tuscaloosa. Oh, my! Our coverage begins at 1130 on your home for Bama football. Alabama football on 95.3 The Bear and Tide 100.9 is presented by Benton Nissan of Bessemer. Right down the road or one click away. And by Cardiology Consultants, Mary's Travel Center, Plastic Surgery of Tuscaloosa, Taco Casa, Tuscaloosa Ford, and Tuscaloosa Tire. The Tide rolls on Tide 100.9 and 95.3 The Bear. A fine fall afternoon, a sunny sky, Tuscaloosa size 72, clear, very cool tonight, the low at 48. The weather for the weekend will be very nice. Sunny weather continues tomorrow and Sunday, highs ranging from 74 to 77. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Alabama touchdown. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. and the grout and all those things. Well, now we're going to tell you how to handle the rest of your residential and or commercial space when it comes to cleaning. That's Chase's residential and commercial cleaning. 20 years of quality cleaning experience. That's what you're going to get with Miss Yashika Barnes at 205-886-3616. Give them a call right now. Chase's residential and commercial cleaning. 205-886-3616. Let's go to the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line. And let's check in with the one, the only, Pops. I'm sure he's very busy. Is it fallish like down there in northeast Florida, Pops, today? It's absolutely beautiful. Just beautiful. Nice, cool, demon, Matty. I've been waiting for this for months. So when it gets to this point in the year, do you still break up the yard in two days, front and yeah. back? Oh, or yeah. Do you yeah. Able to one day I, I, don't get me wrong. I, I, it doesn't take me near as long. You're right. But I still yeah. take two days. It does. <laughs> you need something to do anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I got to get out and do something, don't I? Lay out the week, you know? Yeah, it's perfect. It's perfect, though. Steam and mm. So, Pops, uh, how much SEC football did you watch last weekend? All I could watch. All Start to finish. All day long. What did you think of your boy Mac Jones from the Bowl School right there I in Jacksonville? I thought he did good. Yeah? You know, what, what, he, do, he does exactly what the coach wants him to do, distribute the ball. You know? Yeah. You see that Corky Rogers background in him from that yep, perspective, don't sure you? Sure do. That's exactly what he did. In, uh, uh, that's what Corky expects, you know. Yeah. And and he and it, it all he does is get the job done, and that's mm. that's that's all. Don't turn it over and and distribute the ball. Corky Rogers, the legendary, late legendary coach there at the Bowl School in Jacksonville. Uh. Would you say that Mac Jones was probably a more coachable Corky Rogers quarterback than your son was over there at the bowl school? I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I remember your son and Corky uh, getting pretty uh, colorful over there on the sidelines. From time oh, yeah. To time, you know? Yeah, they would They would yeah. get into it. But, uh-huh. uh, uh, you know, I never did. I didn't get to see Mac when he was playing there. Okay. You know, I, yeah. I, but Mac is definitely coachable. You can tell just by the way he plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, Are you surprised that he's more. this good, Pops? Are you surprised that Mac Jones is this good, even if, even if it is four years into his development? 
Now, I think he's progressed tremendously, and mm-hmm. and and all because he knows what the, what what the coach is asking for. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not looking to be a star; he's just looking to do his job. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's obvious just by the way he performs, uh, and, and 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 he's error free. That's mm-hmm. huge. Who was the best SEC team you saw last weekend, Pops? Well, you know, Alabama looked like Alabama to me. Uh, uh, Florida, Florida. Uh, Six touchdown passes for Kyle Trask, Pops. Yeah, but their defense, my goodness. I mean, well, they had that 30. starting safety. The starting safety got ejected in like the third oh, play yeah, of the Davis, game. That didn't yeah. help, you know. Yeah, I saw that, but still, I don't care about that. He, he, he's a, their next man up, up Pops But yeah. hey, I have to give Kiffin credit. You know, I, I, I talk bad about him, and the mm-hmm. guy goes out there and runs up thirty, what, thirty nine, thirty five points. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And he, he heard me talking about him to what he did, but. uh but that's, I think that's what's great about the SEC. That to me, this year, the SEC is going to be fun to watch because mm-hmm. you you want to watch every game, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Are you all in with your boy Mike Leach after that win in Baton Rouge? I, well, I can imagine uh, you're all about I, Mike I Leach I said right 600 now. yards passing, yeah. you know, from a guy I've never yeah. heard of. Yeah. Uh, I know he's a transfer, but, I mean, he's a Costello. At LSU, mm. not that there was a full house there or anything, but I mean, wasn't on their home turf. Uh, that was very impressive. Very impressive. Pops, I see where your Gators are having a hard time selling their ticket allotment for the game against I South Carolina. That. I don't you know. Just move it. I don't, just move I don't it to know what's going on there, there in Gainesville <laughs> if you can't sell out 17,000, Pops. Yeah, Mullins, Mull- tell them to call in, you know. Jeez. Get your ticket. We got tickets. Top five team in the country, and you can't sell seventeen thousand for South Kakalaki. That sounds like Florida State, doesn't it? <laughs> you know? Now, I, I was I, I, when I saw that, it, I kind of I, I couldn't. Uh, I, it, I felt, it probably almost entices you to go down there and put a beat down on the ticket man outside the stadium. I, you know. <laughs> One more time, Pops. I think you got one more time, two for five in you. Oh, yeah. I think you got oh, one yeah. more in you. Yeah. yeah. No problem. Yeah. Two <laughs> for five Saturday. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Pops, we've got some we got some picks for you this week. We wanted to give you that first weekend of the SEC to kind of get your bearings yeah. before yeah. we get your picks going. So we've got I'd, I'd have lost that one right there to Mississippi State LSU game. Right there. You would have lost that one. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to get you going with Auburn at Georgia. Yeah. Well, you know. Uh, who do you like? Uh, I, I, I'm going to go with Auburn only because Auburn knows who their quarterback is, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Georgia didn't impress me with that win over Arkansas. No. Uh, JT Daniels, the USC transfer, cleared and ready to go, Pops. Yeah. Yeah, well, I haven't seen him, you know. Mm-hmm. I hear uh, you. I'll have to. I, hear you. I might, I'll probably, you know, I know they're playing at Georgia. Again, I, the home field does make a difference, but not not without all that crowd and everything. But I just, uh, Georgia, I don't know. Kirby Smart, I'm just not sold on Kirby Smart. I know that. Mm-hmm. I like him. I've always liked him, but mm-hmm. he's just his coaching. Not sure. I don't know about. So you like Bo Nix over to be determined in a quarterback but, match? Yeah, that's basically yeah. the bottom. That's that's all you know. And Athens, Georgia, Daddy. Yeah. All right. We know you like the academy football. So one of your picks this week: Navy at Air Force. Well, you know, Navy started off slow. And my boys got beat last week. You know, I don't miss my army, the Black Knight. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, that hurt me. But uh, I'm going to take Air Force over Navy. Oh, wow. Yeah. All right. All uh, right. Navy, and finally, Navy, 
Maybe one, maybe uh, did they win last week? I'm not sure. They had the big comeback at Tulane after getting throttled by BYU. Well, well, you know, that's what – how did they win that game? I did watch that game. Can I change my pick on that one? Okay. So you, you want Navy now? There, there, if you hadn't reminded me about the Tulane game, yeah, because I was watching that game, and Tulane got up like 28 to nothing in the first half, and yeah. I turned it and didn't watch it anymore. Yeah. And then I find out – Navy came back and beat them. Yeah, beat them on a field goal at the gun. Well, the you know this during the week they show replays of games and they had the two lane Navy game. I watched the whole game, Travis, because <laughs> I wanted to see how Navy did it. You know what did they yeah. do? The Crazy second half was just a totally yeah. different team. All right, pops, your final pick. Yeah. Power Jags at Cincinnati. Is Joe oh, Burrow going to get his first NFL win over our Jags, Pops? Well, it, it just it, that I'm going to go with the Jags, you know. But Perkins called me this morning. Yeah. Messing with me, you know. Little Perk, son of Ray, Ray Perkins. Yeah. Mike, Ray, Mike Perkins, Ray's son he's called me. Yeah, he's not. a front office guy for the Jags. <laughs> Mike Perkins. He gave you grief. I bet he was giving you grief about a third positive COVID test, was he? <laughs> uh, he messes with me all the time, politically and everything, you know. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Perk likes to do that with Pops. Yeah, Perk and Pops. We all have a segment, Perk and Pops, on the show. I had to tell him. I had to tell him. I said, look, you better get off your butt and, and, and get a defense. We, we need a, a coach that can – Stop the, the coach, rush coach the passer once the in a Jets. while, you know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, my God. Are you are are you scared though? Are you scared? Oh yeah, I'm scared to death. I'm scared that Burrow Burrow is, is, is looking good. Yeah. And and but they're excited. The they're tickled to death of Jack. And they're favored. Cincinnati's yeah. favored. They should be. Probably should be. After yeah, they should. Against the Dolphins by the Jags. I mean, I it's mean. We got rid of everybody that could rush the passer, and and but they're going to have to blitz. I know they're going to get burned at times, but you don't have any choice, especially when your your job's on the line. What you, you have know, for lunch, just Bob? Sit there and let it happen. Yeah, what you have you know? for lunch? I don't know. What's what's the sandwich today? What are you having? I don't know. Nano's Nano's gone, but she's coming back. She she had to go look at some. Did you have the biscuit gravy like this morning? Yeah, I, yeah, I got the I was outside cutting grass. I don't know where she went. All but, right. Uh, well, have a good weekend, Pops, and we'll revisit right, these man. picks next week. We'll talk to y'all goes. later. Pops on a Friday. That's going to put a wrap on a Friday edition of Southern Fried Sports. Thanks to Pops. Thanks to Charlie Potter. Your lunch whistle today, Southern Ale House, 1530 McFarland Boulevard, north of the Indian Hill section of Tuscaloosa. I'm headed there momentarily. I will get the chopped wedge. It will have the uh, grilled chicken. And it'll have the house-made balsamic dressing with those house-made biscuit croutons and thick chopped bacon. Yeah, that's about to happen at Southern Ale House, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. Until 11 a.m. on Monday, have a great weekend, everybody.